Hey everybody, Danny here, and this is episode 150, woohoo, of Music Lesson Business Academy. And today we're going to talk about how to maximize your business during these interesting times. And we're also going to refocus on lever number seven and talk about some profit margin tips. All right, here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. Thanks so much for joining me here on the show for another show. If this is your first time here, um, welcome, and uh, I hope you enjoy it and you get some good stuff out of uh, these episodes. So today uh, we are going to talk about how to maximize your business during these interesting times. So, you know, maximizing your business, meaning getting the best results you can with, you know, what you have to work with. And we'll get into that a little bit more, as well as some tips for increasing your profit margin, which is lever number seven from the seven levers of the music lesson business. <clears throat> Hope everybody is doing good right now. <clears throat> I'm actually recording this episode in the morning, which is totally different for me. So drinking coffee today versus my usual wine that I might have. Although I must say I've, uh, I haven't completely gone off the wine and the alcohol, but about 99%. I, I went several months with uh, almost no alcohol. I did have a little bit of wine last night. Um, so occasionally I'll have a glass of wine now or maybe a, a few glasses in last night's case. But uh, in general, just uh, have been dropping all that stuff and <clears throat> really getting super focused again on cycling. I used to ride a lot in my early 30s. I, you know, did some beginner level uh mountain bike and road cycling races and I've really just been super super focused on uh getting back to a good level of fitness on the bike it's been really fun but also just amazing for you know the mental situation for your head uh you know when you know things are weird out there and and you know we're we're dealing with a lot of different things in our business so uh I am planning, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to ride across the United States and, uh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> the actual riding part is, it's not that hard. Um, you know, I've done some, some really long rides before I did a five day ride from San Francisco back to Orange County. And, you know, we had some 125 mile days on that and it really, that part wasn't a problem. The problem was that it, poured rain and was freezing cold the whole time. Um, but uh, I've always wanted to do a cross-country bicycle trip. And I think this next spring is going to be um, when I'm going to try to do it. 
I, uh, I don't think that I'll be out on tour with the band. Um, I don't think anything of uh, any of those kind of tours are going to be happening that soon. I wish they were, but I don't think that they will. So, uh, yeah, I might leave like mid-May or late May and uh, <clears throat> do a little cross-country uh, bike trip. So, uh, as that gets closer, I'll lay the route out. And if my route is coming close to your music school, it'd be cool to uh, swing in and say hello. This episode of Music Lesson of Business Academy is brought to you by NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. And Chris and Jen over at Never Alone Business Services do Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, website stuff for music schools. They do it for other businesses as well, but uh, they are music school owners. They have a large music school themselves. And uh, I, I like the fact that you know, the person doing my Google ads has experience in my industry. That's very helpful to me. So they've been doing my Google ads for quite a while now. Just had a great uh, little strategy meeting with Chris the other day. Always very helpful. Um, so if you need some work like that done, I would highly encourage you to go over to neveralonebusinessservices.com. Mention you heard about it on Music Lesson Business Academy and you'll save a hundred bucks. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone.com. TeacherZone provides a scheduling and billing and student learning management platform built for music schools. Uh, I've been using, I was one of the first schools to go on TeacherZone. Maybe the first other than Los Rios. Close to it anyway. But uh, I'm always getting updates from those guys. I just got some updates uh, a few minutes ago from Chris. Uh, on uh, some changes they're making to the app and they're constantly working on those things, I would highly encourage you to go over to teacherzone.com and check those guys out. Guys, I wanted to mention before we jump into the episode here, I had a great customer service kind of training call yesterday with Active Campaign. Uh, I've been using Active Campaign for a long time now and, you know, I don't do affiliate links for any program that I'm not actually using. And as you know, I'm an affiliate for Active Campaign. I gotta tell you, man, they never disappoint me. And uh, I did a great call yesterday where we were working on segmented automation. So really helping me to dial in my automation so that my you know, potential adult students are getting different email responders than you know, a parent who's looking for lessons for their child and also making those segmentations instrument specific and uh <clears throat> you know the more specific your email can be to the uh potential recipient the more effective it's going to be and uh you know active campaign i've used multiple programs like this nothing works like active campaign but the number one thing that makes it so good is the support calls you basically you know, at the plus plan that I'm at, you get unlimited 30 minute training calls. So I just book it through a Calendly link and, you know, hop on the phone with somebody and just tell them what I'm trying to do. We practically, he practically did it for me. 
you know, but explaining it and showing it to me along the way and leaving me in a position to be able to finish it. Uh, it's just so helpful as opposed to taking hours of trying to figure out how to do it yourself or, you know, going to YouTube to search for videos and stuff. It's just so great to be able to book that call. So <clears throat> if you're looking for a system to manage your emails going out to your customers, email autoresponders. So what emails are going out after somebody fills out a form on your website or just general campaigns going out to your existing students about changes you're making or new classes you're offering or events you're doing or any information flow. I also use it to keep track of all of our customers. So all of my potential incoming uh, new students go into a deal. And this is kind of where I live is inside Active Campaign to see what's happening with these different uh, students as we put them through different stages of the onboarding, putting them into our orientation class, which, you know, we have multiple people operating within Active Campaign as well and making notes and moving people around. So it's very easy for any one of us to look at that student or potential new student and see what's been done and what hasn't been done. So I highly recommend Active campaign for the money. It's unbelievable. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes and in the description here on YouTube. And if you're interested in Active campaign, click that link and get signed up. All right, so how do you maximize your business during these uncertain or interesting or challenging times? And I'm going to use a few examples from my school, um, you know, because we're going through some huge changes. And I, and I realize a lot of you guys aren't <clears throat> making quite as big of a pivot. And some of you have made even a bigger pivot. So, um, you know, just to recap, at my school, we have decided to do guitar, piano, and voice lessons online forever, no matter what changes in the near future. Well, I shouldn't say forever, no matter what changes. I should never make it that definite. But we're not planning on going back to in-person lessons as soon as, you know, from a medical and health standpoint, it seems okay. We probably could do some of that now, but I think, you know, with a bigger, you know, bigger schools out there, it's tougher to manage hundreds of people coming and going and all the health and safety restrictions. And quite honestly, just the experience is just not anything close to what it's going to be. I believe there's a huge future in the online lesson world and <coughs> the potential for us as school owners from a profit standpoint and an ease of doing business standpoint, there's a lot of attractive elements to the online business world. However, we are doing some of our lessons. We're keeping some of our space so we can do drum lessons in person. We can do small band classes or kids classes like Kids Rock or our teen rock bands. And we're doing DJ and production classes in person. So you know, when you're making a change like that, or, you know, we're just dealing with these uncertain times. Here's, you know, some, some, some things that you guys are probably experiencing as well. For online students, the younger kids is the toughest challenge. Whereas much of us, many of us, I'm sure, uh, 
a, a big chunk of our business is younger kids, right? Like the six to eight to nine to 10 year old that the mom or dad calls looking for piano lessons. That's a lot of potential students, right? Piano is the most searched um, search term for m music lessons out there is piano <clears throat> followed by guitar. Um, and you know, you might be experiencing if you're doing online lessons right now, a lot of pushback from those parents with the younger kids when it comes to online lessons, they might be doing a lot of their school online. They don't want to add another online thing. It also might be where you dropped a lot of students. You know, that was our toughest challenge. We lost a lot of kids, rock kids, you know, the four and five year olds and <clears throat> those younger kids doing piano is definitely one of the, you know, tougher students to do online. So there's a couple ways you can look at that. And one would be, you know, to make changes to, to try to impact that portion of your business. And, and certainly I think we all should be doing that because long-term we do want to be able to take care of those students. <clears throat> but the other option is to look at what's working really, really well. So obviously now, I know that I want to grow my online guitar, piano, and voice business. That's kind of a big picture, long-term plan is to really expand on that, <clears throat> reach outside of our area, things like that. But what's kicking off at my school is drum lessons right now. We are 100% pretty close. Maybe I have two openings right now in drum lessons. So, you know, my one drum instructor, Nick, I have two drum instructors about to add a third. You know, he's Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, and he is just rock solid. And, you know, it's a real testament to him as a teacher. He has more students now than he did when the pandemic hit. So he was able to maintain a lot of those students online, which is really challenging for drums. Uh, and we were able to add students. And now that we're doing a lot of the lessons back in person, it's only getting better. So... <clears throat> Yes, I want to expand my online business, but I also know that there's a lot of people looking for something to do that isn't online. So I want to, if it's an easy sell, I want to maximize those things that are easy. So, you know, we've continued to push the drum lesson market and, you know, I'm at the point of trying to add another teacher to open up, you know, so we can open up Sundays as another drum lesson day so we could add that so maybe that's you know eight nine students or whatever that we can add relatively easily there's not a lot of roadblocks or extra challenges uh the way that there is with having to sell an online lesson now of course again i am <clears throat> continually refining my emails that are going out, my marketing message, and my sales pitch so that when I talk to somebody who's got a child that wants to do piano and they really were looking for in-person when they, or yes, in-person when they started searching for lessons uh, and they call me, I, I'm getting better at how I present why I think they should try the online lessons with us and, and you know, utilize our 30-day lesson pass to do it. But an easy sign up is a drum student right now. So putting that extra focus, trying to figure out, well, what can we change at the school? You know, can we add a teacher? Can we utilize more space or anything like that? 
to maximize something that's working really, really well. Another example of that for us would be DJ lessons and music production. So that's something we're doing in person uh, and online, of course, and nobody else around us really offers that. So if I'm thinking of spending ad money, that's a great place for me to put an ad, you know, do some Google AdWords or Facebook ad or something because A, there's no competition. So my click-through rates and my price per click on Google ads is, is fairly low because I'm just not really competing with anybody else. Whereas guitar and piano lessons, there's some competition. <clears throat> and again, parents are looking for something to do that is getting the kids out of the house. So that's an area we can focus on. And so we're taking that another step further because we have our South Orange County location that we really are doing almost nothing with right now as far as that building because all the students who are just doing regular private lessons are online. We weren't really doing drums down there. So our plan down there is to do group classes and that is a little tougher right now. It's a little tougher sell to to do kids rock band classes right now. Although we know that in the future, that's going to be something that we're focusing on. And we are actually starting to focus on that right now uh, <clears throat> or in the near future. But what I thought about was, man, I've got that space down there. There's got to be a market for DJ and production lessons in South Orange County. So as soon as I get done, I might not even finish this podcast. I might have to pause it because I have a second interview with a potential DJ and production instructor who lives in that direction. So we may be able to, you know, pay the rent down on that building solely from DJ students that we bring on. So, you know, thinking about what do I have at my fingertips? What is the space that's available to me? You know, what are my teachers good at? What's my marketing good at? Um, you know, all those kind of things, what's working out there in the marketplace? What are people looking for? Again, if you're making a big pivot, like we are, certainly I have to continue to put a lot of effort into what I know is going to be that long term, uh, plan of, you know, 300 students that are 100% online. Um, let me, I'm going to come back to that for a second too, because there's another element of that because <clears throat> a lot of those students don't necessarily have to be 100% online. Um, but, you know, maximizing what I can do right now in the current climate with the current conditions, with my current situation as far as, you know, my building and my teachers and my student base and my current marketing, what can I do to maximize that so that I'm getting the biggest bang for the buck? Um, so before I move on from, from this, what I do want to mention is, um, you know, something also that we've been thinking about with those online students. Now, of course, we're going to have students eventually that are far outside our area. And, and those students, you know, we're going to have to deal with them slightly differently. But right now, the bulk of my online students are all local to us. There's no reason that we can't still do the occasional situation where those students come to the school for something. Maybe not for a specific lesson, but what about a rehearsal for an upcoming uh, event that you're doing? Or 
you know, anything like that. Um, we were doing a video shoot, you know, for one of our col collaborate collaborative video recording projects that we're doing. And, you know, the instructor was like, man, it'd be so much easier if I could just get the students here and I'll shoot the video instead of trying to get parents to do it from home. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, on a Sunday or something, there's nothing going on. Get, get some students down there. It's fine. There's a way to do that. Practice safety, get what you need done and allow the kids, yes, to get out of the house, to be off of Zoom, to do something that, you know, is in person involving your music school. So I think, you know, and obviously as time goes by and those restrictions are removed completely, right? We're still going to have those students do their online lesson. I feel like the program is going to be, listen, your 30 minute, you know, guitar lesson, it's way better to just do it online. Come to the school for band practice, right? So this is another area that we want to maximize because we are doing bands in person. So I did a whole email campaign recently that was <clears throat> just based around, hey, if you're at the point where you're really looking for something to get your kids out of the house, maybe now's the time to join the band. And, you know, kind of presenting this picture of, think about it this way, do that online lesson, do it from home. Don't drive to the school for a 30-minute lesson to turn around and drive home, deal with the traffic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's no reason you can't do that guitar lesson online. Work on the song that the band has, you know, got to do. And then come to the school for 60 to 90 minutes of band practice. That's a social activity. That's other students and kids of the similar ages where they can interact and bond and, you know, be their little click versus, you know, they're not really, students don't really get that when they come to sit down with a piano teacher or a guitar teacher or a drum instructor. You know, it's an adult. It's, you know, they enjoy it and there's good elements to it for sure. There's great elements to it, but that's not really a social activity with other kids their age. So if that's what people are kind of, really looking for right now because the kids aren't getting that at school because they're online or et cetera, et cetera, we can push that as another element. So, you know, that's another thing to think about um, in the maximizing of your school's business. You've got questions. We've got answers. Hey guys, before I get to the seven levers part of today's episode, I just wanted to mention that Music Lesson Business Academy Answers, a new program, a new direct coaching program for you guys is now available. Go to the link in the show notes and check out Music Lesson Business Academy Answers. It is the most affordable direct coaching program on the market. I won't even tell you how much it is. You got to go to the page and check it out, but it's unbelievable. Super simple, no fluff, no courses, no quizzes, no tests, no modules. It's just direct access to a coach and you get direct answers. So check it out. Music Lesson Business Academy Answers. Link is in the show notes. This is the spot where the Seven Levers theme song goes. Someone's going to have to write me a theme song for that because nobody wants to hear me sing. All right. 
seven levers of the music lesson business. We're going back to profit margins, which we hit just a couple episodes back. But I thought about a couple things. And, uh, you know, these are things that I think are easily overlooked as little things, but in a, a big picture, long term over the course of a year could have a lot of impact for you. So number one is a registration or sign up fee. And I know a lot of people list that they have one, um, but may potentially be throwing it in as a sign up incentive. And I would encourage you to tr be, you know, be cautious and make sure you're doing the math to see if that really matters. If somebody is ready to do lessons and they like your school, I don't think that that should really be something uh, necessarily that is the closer that gets them to take action. I think in most cases, you're probably just giving the money away. So now if you used it as a lead magnet earlier in the funnel, um, you did a, um, a form on your page, you know, for, you know, it's your secondary transitional offer. They're not ready to do lessons today, but you have a pop-up that says, hey, put in your email address here. And when you're ready to sign up, maybe we'll waive our sign-up fee. The benefit of doing that is that you're getting that email address and then you're able to market to them over a period of time. So now you're, you're drawing that customer in to your school and that very well may be worth giving up that $29, $39, $49 up fee. But if, you, if that student, you know, if all else is the same and that student was going to sign up, giving away up your sign-up fee is, is quite a bit of bottom line profit if, you know, it could be easily three to, I've had months where it was, you know, we brought in almost $1,000 just from sign-up fees. So that's 1000 bucks, 500 bucks, 400 bucks of bottom line pure profit. So a few hundred dollars, $500 a month in sign-up fees, you know, $6,000 a year of bottom line profit. That, you know, that could be a nice raise for you or that could be what you need to um, be able to run your school on employees instead of contractors. So I would really keep a close eye on that. Another small area you can think about is just, you know, ensuring that students are paying for materials. Um, that could get costly, you know, at a larger school if you are throwing in all the books or every time a teacher says, I need to get this book for my student, that you're just paying for that. So I think most people are prepared to pay for materials and books. And, you know, you could certainly have something in your sign-up paperwork or whatever that mentions materials, fees. Um, now, again, <clears throat> talking about those sign-up, uh, you know, if there's an initial book, like, you know, we, we start everybody on our own curriculum guitar book, you could work that in as part of your sign-up fee. That would be fine, you know, because it's, you're doing it up front and you're making that choice so you can do the math to account for that money. You could raise the sign-up fee if you wanted to. Um, but I don't think on a blanket program, I think it's much you know, uh, more prudent to be charging students for books and materials. Another area that you can think about is your recitals and events. And you know, depending on how you're doing your event and, 
you know, the costs involved, um, you know, you could be taking a decent hit. And as we started to do more and more events, and this is, you know, PC, pre-COVID, um, more and more live in-person events, you know, we were spending a ch- good chunk of money on, on everything from a Kids Rock concert to, you know, our big, you know, band shows or whatever. And, um, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go to help cover costs and even start to turn a profit on those things. Because, you know, with all of our employees, all of our teachers being employees, you know, we have to manage the costs of employee, you know, uh, staffing fees for these events. So one thing is charge for all your events. People are used to paying for it. They're, you know, when they go to some dance recital or whatever, they're paying a decent amount of money for that stuff. Don't undervalue what you do. They're willing to pay for it. Um, Now, a challenge obviously is during, you know, most of us aren't doing big in-person live shows right now. We're doing, you know, uh, online events or live streams. So, one of the things, and, and we, we took this idea, I took this idea from uh, Los Rios, and we did it at our, some of our in-person shows, but now we're, we figured out a way of how to do it for uh, online shows as well, is do a raffle, do raffle tickets. And there's lots of services that allow you to sell online raffle tickets. You can ask local businesses and other companies to donate something. So like we got a $50 gift card um, for a restaurant donated yesterday. And, you know, we'll get things like that. And then we sell $5 raffle tickets. So um, we're going to do that one online as part of our Halloween uh, live stream event that we're doing, which is, is going to be awesome. I'm starting to get all the videos together. and It's pretty funny already. Um, really having fun with that kind of thing. And, um, you know, so sell online raffle tickets, even if you have to buy like a grand prize, which I think we're going to do in this case, which is, I think we're going to get an Xbox or a PlayStation, something like that to, uh, give away as a, uh, a raffle item. But, you know, at $5 per raffle ticket, you know, we can certainly pay for that item and more. Um, and, you know, help us to cover the cost of the, you know, like we're doing this live stream at a rehearsal space. It's going to cost us a couple hundred bucks. You know, I might have another hundred bucks in staff costs or something for, the, for that live stream. So, you know, if we can come out and just break even on these events, it's great. You know, we're able to do a, a cool event and not go backwards. And if you come out ahead, that's even better. So I think you could get creative with ways of trying to profit from you know, those events, something else we've been doing. And, you know, this is a little harder and it's, and it's a small thing, but I believe over time we could make this cooler and cooler. And again, it's not going to be a big money-making thing for you, but if it basically allows you to do an event and not really have it cost you anything over the course of a year, those, you know, it's like removing a bunch of expenses from your bottom line. So like at our last drummers live stream, we did a limited edition drummer t-shirt and you just use a print on demand uh, service for this type of thing. So you don't have to, you know, have inventory and, and have an outlay of money in advance. You do it all uh, print on demand. So we came up with a really cool limited edition drum t-shirt. We can sell it, you know, online at the event, um, 
And then we'll keep it on our merch store for like a few weeks after the event and do some emails saying, you know, it's limited edition, that shirt's going away. So that's something we're trying to do is, is offer these limited edition t-shirt designs for different shows. So really what it costs me to do it is to put the logo together. So if I pay a designer to make the logo or something like that, uh, that's going on the t-shirt. So it's one that you, I think we have to get good at. And over time, I think it could become a fun thing. And again, if you can turn $100 profit from it, you know, it's 100 bucks towards the rental fee or staffing fees or whatever it takes. <clears throat> Another thing I would think about uh, I, is it's shocking to me how many schools still don't really do month-to-month -month billing and do some kind of semester thing where you're, you're tying in your business to the school's schedule. And there's, there's a couple of reasons I don't, I don't really like that. I don't, I don't know a lot of other types of, you know, the karate school, the jujitsu academy doesn't really tie in like monthly semester type billing to the school district. You know, they want to do classes over the summer. They just want you training all the time. And I think that's more what we want with music. Now, obviously, you know, you can have little breaks, little holidays and stuff, but I think it's important. Obviously, everyone's situation is different. If you're a solo teacher, you've got to have some holiday breaks in there and uh, potential vacation for yourself, you know, to, to, to keep you sane. But as you move towards owning a business, you know, every week that you're not charging for, you're just throwing money away. And I see an awful lot of music schools and, and I know how much they make and how much we don't make. And I don't know of a lot of them that are profitable enough to take large chunks of time off. And I've, I've looked at some music schools and done some consulting with some schools that when we added it all up, it was like they were giving away two months worth of billing or th even three months in, a, in one case and three months of billing, you know, at a, at, you know, I just looked at it and was like, man, if you're doing 20 grand a month, or if you're a bigger school and you're doing 60 or $70,000 a month, I mean, you could be giving away 150, $200,000 of gross revenue by being closed that much. And you know, unless you're just crushing it with huge profit margins and you're making enough money throughout the year to do that, you know, and then when you're closed, obviously the teachers aren't getting paid. And I don't know very many music teachers, even really busy ones that make enough money that they want to be closed for, you know, an off of lessons for that long. Obviously they need vacation time and things like that, but you know, it's something to think about in your business. You know, obviously there's a, a balance between lifestyle and earnings, and it's up for, to each of us to kind of make that decision of what's most important to us. And, you know, by, by all means, you know, I live a pretty simple lifestyle, um, you know, so that I don't have to just worry, worry, worry all the time about making this huge monthly nut of money to get by. Um, I've used to be that way. And I, I've lived that way when I worked in the corporate world and, you know, got a high car payment and then a motorcycle payment and then your house payment. And just like, it just really starts to add up. And so for me, I prefer to have very low, as low overhead as you can in California. And, um, 
you know, be able to spend that extra money on things that I want to go do and experience more so than it is about, you know, I got to have the biggest, best TV or I got to live in this house and I've got to have all these appliances or continually be renovating or anything like that. You know, I try to keep it simple to uh, allow me to have a lifestyle that, that I want. And so if that's part of your business model, you know, to have a month off in summer, you know, I totally respect that. Um, but if we're just looking at it purely from the profit margin standpoint of your business, it's something to think about. And, um, you know, most schools that I look at that do some type of semester billing, it's also not like the student, most of them, the student can still quit if they want to. So it's not like you're getting that guarantee of six months of lessons. Some pla pla places will do that, but others don't. So it's really like it's month to month, but we have a semester term. I, I, I just, you know, along those same lines, is just look at your billing structure between weeks where there's five lessons, months where there is a vacation. Do you give them makeup lessons? You know, there, you can really maximize that to work to your advantage and also be a simple, easy solution for the customer. So I think the simpler you can keep that, the better it is for everyone. But again, I see schools mentioning, you know, that we're closed for these three weeks. So I, I don't charge the customer the full amount or I prorate it. And I, I think you don't, there's no need to do that. I, I, you know, we've been doing it a certain way for years and never get any pushback on it. So just want to charge the same flat fee every month when there's a vacation week, you know, 4th of July weekend, and they're missing out on a lesson on official holidays. They're cl you're closed. There's no makeup lesson. There's going to be other months where they get five lessons and it balances out. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, you know, carrying over lessons that weren't made up into another months. You know, there's a lot of elements like that, that you can look at in your billing that could potentially be costing you a lot of money over a period of time. So I would highly recommend you kind of do a deep dive in that area. Okay, guys, that's a wrap up there of some tips to think about with regards to profit margins. Lever number seven of the seven levers of the music lesson business. Again, if you'd like to go deeper into these levers, that would be the perfect thing that we could do some coaching on. And um, you can go over to Music Lesson Business Academy. I will leave a link in the show notes and you can check out my new program, Music Lesson Business Academy Answers. Direct answers to your direct questions at the cheapest price on the market. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon.